Howdy, folks. Welcome back to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. I am so happy to be here. Today we have our first international guest on the program. Sure, it's just Canada, but it still counts. Mr. Todd Kowalski from one of my favorite bands, Propagandi, sat down with me this week, and we talked about all kinds of stuff like uh, getting harassed by cops, trouble crossing borders, getting harassed by cops. We had so much fun. If you like what you've been hearing on the program, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Click that little follow tab, ring the bell. You know what to do. But if you want to go one step further and help keep the lights on, you can find us at patreon.com slash the highway. You can get all kinds of fun perks like early access to next week's episode and uh, get yourself a shout out. Uh, who do we got this week? We've got my boy Kenny Irwin. Mad props, Kenny. Big Kenny. We got Andrew Jorgensen. We got Chris Haynes. All y'all have helped, uh, you know, keep the keep the wheels a spinning on this crazy rock and roll machine. Can't thank you enough. We also got to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Heil Sound. Because if you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me. Talking to myself is fun and all, but I'd way rather talk to the bass player from my favorite band, so why don't we do things my way? The Highway. Hey, hey, what's up, Todd? How's it going, Kyle? Doing pretty good. Oh, doing well. Todd Kowalski, everybody. Todd the Rod from Propagandi <laughs> and many other hardcore bands over the years. Uh, thanks so much for sitting down with me, man. Oh, my pleasure. I brought, Are you uh, brought still in Winnipeg? Sword. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, still up in Winnipeg there? Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cold here right now. Yeah. Minus Got a bit 40 like or it. something. Yeah, is that Fahrenheit or is that in Celsius? Uh, it's Celsius, the... yeah. So, but I think it's so almost. What would that be? In... I think it's around there. It's almost the same. Right. Once it gets that far down the, yeah, uh, the scale. I think yeah. maybe yeah, but all you need to know is it's super cold. I guess. <laughs> you will die. <laughs> yeah. If my, you go outside. The other day I was out and my uh, glasses froze to my face. See, it like burnt my. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> that's brutal. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if I could exist there. I'm from Texas my whole life, so yeah, it's just that's kind of like unfathomable cold. I think the coldest I've ever been was in London, Ontario. Okay. Uh, and it was negative twenty out. Yeah, so you're negative forty right now. Good yeah. lord, I can only imagine. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, man, uh, gotta gotta admit, I've been a huge fan for a long, long time. Uh, I think I, I first discovered Propagandi from one of the Fat Records comps before you okay. were in the band, yeah, but yeah. not very long before. Um, whenever John left and then, and you came in, I, uh, I pre-ordered today's empires, tomorrow's ashes oh, and got cool. it about a week early, uh, from G7. So that was, uh, it was really cool seeing that like shift, uh, from you guys, but also, um, just from G7 and all like the mail order scene back in like the hardcore days in the nineties, kind of before the internet really took off. Um, it was how I found out about, you know, bands like I spy and swallowing shit oh, cool. and just, uh, <laughs> that, that whole like Winnipeg scene really inspired me, um, right. early on uh, in playing music. And I was just curious, um, did, I don't know how closely related you were with like the G7 people and all that, but I mean, like, did did y'all know that what you were doing in a, a town like Winnipeg was like reaching the whole world and like like changing people's perspective about punk rock and hardcore and things, or was it were you kind of like isolated up there? Uh, it's kind of you know both, just like you know how being in a band like you're in it, and you know people are listening, and it's like 
you know, people are liking it, but it's not like part of your, like, except for uh, answering letters or whatever, like you, Mm -hmm. you're not day to day, like feeling like, oh, I'm, you know, like all these people are into this, you know, you just kind of go about your business. uh, I don't, not, not taking it for granted, but you just kind of uh, not, not noticing it so much, you know? Uh But I I wasn't necessarily part of G7, but I was, uh, I had a desk there even for some unknown reason. (laughs) I go down. Tax purposes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd just be like, I don't know, just go down, talk to those guys for a while and go home, really. Um, I, I was, I've seen y'all play many shows and, and I have to say that I think that you might be the most stoked guy ever to play a show. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I wanted to ask you, how much do you love playing shows and how much do you miss playing shows? I love playing shows when I like the crowd. Uh, you might know the feeling of that too. Uh, if the crowd's a dud, then I have to like bring it out of myself and just try to uh, uh, make myself enjoy it, you know? And I also, I don't know, you, you know how it is. I just want to just kind of, uh, you know, it's impossible, but you want to try to be as good as, you, or make people feel the way that your heroes made you feel when, when you're watching their shows, you know? So it's always, it's always in my head, like, I have to do the best job I possibly can at this minute because I don't know if these people will ever see me again or or see us again, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a good point because I, I guess when you're on tour, yeah, you can kind of lose sight of like each individual place just kind of like – because it all blends together after a while and yeah. like, you know, it's a, it becomes – a. Yeah, like a daily thing where you're like, you want everybody, yeah, you come in contact with to to just feel that feeling you have inside. I mean, I feel like that you and I have a lot of like similar energy on stage just because there's nothing more than I love than to just play a show for a stoked crowd. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, God, I, I miss it. Um, I don't know if y'all had a bunch of dates that got canceled or anything because of the pandemic, but yeah, yeah a lot of ours, yeah, got, got canned and, and postponed and all that. And so it's just kind of like <laughs> sitting around waiting for <laughs> the world to open has been such a bummer. Yeah. You must be uh, extra but, sitting in your uh travel vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the old airstream just like staring out the window like there's a whole world out there. Yeah. Uh but man, yeah. I don't know. Uh what's uh cuz I know I know you've been in a bunch of um bands over the years and stuff, but one thing that I did notice when I was looking up uh everything that you played with was uh, that you played bass for J Church for a minute? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In and Japan. Uh, I don't know if yeah anybody out there remembers J Church, but they were an amazing uh, kind of a it's more of a pop punk kind of thing. But um, Lance Hahn, who had moved to Austin, um, oh okay, later in his life, I got to be I got to be friends with him, oh. and uh, that the sort of the Austin iteration of J Church, and uh, he he started working at a record store called Sound Exchange, which was like a huge part of uh, the Austin scene back in those days, and he was one of the nicest people uh, I think I ever came across and um he I'm hoping not oversharing but he he unfortunately passed away um but, but before he did um his apartment uh got torched uh, in a, a massive fire somebody had like gotten evicted from their apartment and they just decided that they were going to burn the whole place down oh wow and this dude had been collecting records since the 80s I mean like he had like over 10,000 you know 
pieces of just like irreplaceable vinyl in, in his apartment that just turned into a giant melted pile. And, uh, and then after that, um, his health kind of like took a turn and, and he ended up passing away, which was like heartbreaking for me at the time. But, um, he was just such a special, unique person. I just wanted to ask what that was like, uh, touring with him and stuff. Cause I think he only did one tour, right? Yeah, it was in Japan. So I, I think like maybe five or six shows, uh, we got there in J church, uh, Lance came a day before the rest of J church, uh, to meet us. Uh, I think it, we were, they asked us to play. So it was actually their tour. Uh, oh, cool. and then the band never got across the border. Uh, like they just got sent back to the States, but Lance was already there. So, uh, we just went to this little room and started learning their songs. Like I, you're l- kidding. Yeah. I learned half and then Chris learned half, uh, George learned them all, I guess. And I, I guess the tough part is remembering uh, remembering them and then uh, yes yeah, so we did that and we'd play J Church I don't know if it was first or second or if it was switching or what but like we'd play J Church and then our our whole set as well yeah and J- Lance, uh, Lance was Lance was a great guy I, I really really liked him and uh, yeah we just got along so easy with him He's, yeah I, I agree the nicest guy yeah, and um, it was funny him moving to town and just immediately like working at my favorite record store and just like seeing him all the time. I'm just like, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, when does this happen? I actually saw y'all. Um, uh, this would have been right after Empires came out, and this this lineup was ridiculous, y'all. It was, um, I think, Avail, Leatherface, I think uh, J Church, Propaganda. I mean, there was even more. It yeah, was just uh, crazy. What, hot what, water music too, I think. Hot Water Music, yeah, that was like the Plea for Peace tour or something like that. Uh, There's some similar kind of, yeah, thing. It was just, I mean, an absolutely ridiculous bill. And that was the first time I had ever seen y'all, and you just burned it down, man. Oh, right on. Ridiculous show. Um, Speaking of uh, border crossings and getting turned away and everything, uh, you're actually the first international guest on the program. Oh, cool. Uh, And so I, I wanted to ask your take because I have had nothing but horrible experiences not necessarily trying to get into Canada. That's always kind of, it's pretty standard. Um, they, they, they kind of grill you if you've, if you've ever got popped with any weed or anything like that, you know, but the, for the most part, they'll let you in. Uh, it's, it's the DUIs and like the, you know, drunk driving and stuff that they really, um, crack down on and, and uh, rightfully so. But as a U.S. citizen, getting back into the U.S. from Canada is such a nightmare every single time. And it's like a, I, I can't explain why, these border patrol agents have such a stick up their ass about letting U S citizens back into their home country. But what's, what's your opinion? What's it like as a, a Canadian band trying to cross the border into the U S do they grill you as hard as they grill us? Uh, we've been grilled to the max a few times, but a few times, uh, most of the time it's not been that hard. Uh, but yeah, that, I think sometimes you get someone who thinks they're, they're cool or doesn't like something about you. Like we had one time, uh, this guy saw like some books Jord had, and he just decided he didn't like them. Like us, told us we're not coming into the states. Threw Jord's books across the floor. We all got what? interrogated. They went through all our stuff, seeing if the uh, like fax marks, like they were saying, like are these terrorist marks? And like what? I was, I was taken into the room, and then I was taken into the cell, and then I was, yeah, it was crazy. And then uh, we got to the head guy. And he was kind of more reasonable. It's almost like they 
I don't know what they were trying to see how we'd react to it all. And of course we're just, yeah, trying to we're just sweat you or whatever. We're just kind of chill guys. And I was just, whatever, you know, just sitting there. If you ask me something, I'll tell you if you, you know, I got, uh-huh. I think eventually the main guy just asked me a few questions and then, uh, even asked me, uh, how the other border guard treated us and what I thought of that. <laughs> and it, and I, I said, uh, I was like, well, he, I don't think it was too good. You know, like he threw our stuff on the floor and whatever. It's like, but whatever, you know, I'm like, I just like, there's no, I'm like, I'm just sitting here. I can't, I don't know what to do. And I, and I he's just like, never... and he's like, how come? Oh well, yeah. Cause uh, I stood up. He said, you're going home right now. That's what he said to me. So I stood up like, I was like, okay, I'm going home. And he, uh, he had a, a flashlight and he was going to hit me with it. And he's like, sit down, what the sit fuck? down. And I'm like, you just told me I'm going home. So I was going home and he's like, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's what the, uh, like, I think maybe the head guy could see that on the camera or something. I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was just kind of odd, but whatever. I just kind of sat there and then carried on. It was <laughs> You know, I, I just found it like we're, I was. I remember him saying, like talking about these books, like what are, what are you guys like? All these books were printed in the states, like <laughs> you know, I, like they're just just like George reading books printed in the states. I don't, I don't really know. I don't even know what they are. So, <laughs> good lord, it's a special breed. I think that ends up guarding the invisible line. Uh, I had, we always got messed with with weed just because we're we were hopeless marijuana addicts. And, uh, but we were never stupid enough to try to smuggle any across the border. There's so much pot in Canada or the States for us to buy and smoke. Why risk everything by just smuggling it across the line, but they wouldn't let it go. And I think that, you know, a lot of officials like that are trained to detect lies. So your best defense with them is to tell them the truth. It drives them crazy though, because they're, they're trying to find your lie and you're not lying. They're just, we would, they would grill us sometimes and say things like, all right, guys, where's the shit? Where is it? I'd be like, I don't know. I, I smoked all that before I even came here in a place that you don't even have jurisdiction of. So that we don't have anything. We're not that stupid, you know? And they're just like, it would make them so mad. I was like, (laughs) you know, it's not a crime to be high. I, I don't think, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but, yeah. but eh, whatever. It was, uh, I was just always shocked at how difficult it was for us to get back into the states. Sometimes they would just wave us through, but rarely, rarely. Yeah. You know, uh, most of the time it was yeah, uh, it was a pain. But um, especially doing that in Europe, it, you know, every country sometimes you have to get out and like do the whole thing. We never really had that much trouble over there um, uh, back in those days. But also. Um, even, I mean, we, we've been touring Europe since Bush was in office. And so it, at least back in those days, if you, as an American, just straight up came out and said like, no, 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 fuck George Bush. We're not about any of that shit. You get treated like gold. They love uh-huh. it. You know what I mean? But, but with fucking Trump in office, man, there was no defending that. There was no, like, you're just branded an American. You're all of you. Just <laughs> fuck it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was that? What was watching the last four years of this nightmare in this country, like from afar, was it like, kind of like even, I I don't know. Was it part of, I I guess like the, the news in Canada or something like that, just like watching this shit show happen, you know? Yeah. It's on the news every day. It's, it's such a, like, cause it affects us so closely, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, all our, everything's tied to the States up here, sort of in some way. So, 
but it's kind of watching like i guess from our per or my perspective is like like having read like books from you know about uh you know like bury my heart at wounded knee and all, yeah. all those old like you know the battle for little bighorn and just reading all those books and all the books about genocide in like rwanda bosnia Mm-hmm. everything like uh and books just about genocide in general and war crimes and like reading so much of that stuff over the time like you could see it like we were trying to warn about it on empires you know and like yeah like just like my songs like i found on empires were like explicit explicit warnings like ordinary people do fucked up things that song yeah it's like a hundred percent this is this is the warning of where this is headed and to see how close it got or is still getting is very crazy like just it's fucking scary dude yeah Yeah, for real like i we we really had a sense that like white supremacy and all that garbage was like gone or at least like so small that it was not a threat but like just to see the rise of it again and like see how close shit got to (laughs) really hitting the fan uh, it was just fucking terrifying for me, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's cra- very crazy. I, yeah, it's it's so disappointing, and even more disappointing than uh, people you don't know about, like just random people somewhere. It's most frustrating to see like aunts or uncles or people you used to know or something, like mm-hmm. kind of getting sucked into it. Uh, you know, low level, like, you know, like just sharing yeah. something they saw. Oh, that made me mad. I'll go share it without thinking about it or probably even reading it, you know? Yeah, I found, oh, yeah totally. I, I found that kind of uh, extremely disappointing. Me too, being from Texas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, disappointing, disheartening. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of just negative emotion. And I don't see it uh, and into it anytime soon without some real uh, just work. I, I'd hate to say change because I don't know, dude, we just gotta, I, I, it's, you almost have to, I, I, I hate, I hate preaching to the choir cause you're not going to get anywhere. So, you know, that's one thing you kind of have to confront it, you know, yeah. in a certain way, but a lot of people too, they're just not going to change. And it's, it's finding the ways that, that, uh, that you can make a positive impact, I think is, is where my energy has more been lately. Like, um, uh, throwing fundraisers for to help organizations that are standing for uh, uh, affecting policy change between people of color and law enforcement and things like that. It's really yeah. like you have to really like pick an avenue and work hard at that and, and instead of just like like I used to say like not being racist is no longer enough. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we all really have to like find something and, and help where we can. Uh, that, that's very important to me. Did you ever like at one point like have an actual like compound that the whole band lived in and everything like that, or is it? Uh, not a compound, but a you know a lame house where me and Chris lived. And uh, actually, it was uh, <laughs> I spy. Well, it was first it was me and Chris and all that, and then he moved to a different house, and then uh, at some point, and then I spy all moved into there. And the funny part is like a guy from I spy took Chris's room. And then Chris at the last minute changed his mind and he didn't want to leave. And then he, uh, like he slept out in the car for a couple of days, like pro- protesting himself, getting, having to leave the house. 
kind of like a not a serious protest like kind of as a joke, right, joke do, yeah. you know and then uh yeah and then he ended up coming in he he tried to sleep i had a, this like single kids bed pretty much and he was demanding. He he didn't want to be in the car anymore, so he stayed in that bed with me. <laughs> we laughed so hard all night. I was just like, "Yeah, this can't continue." <laughs> and then uh, the, the next the next day, yeah, he he was just off to his new house. <laughs> Good lord! But, yeah. I guess there was a punk house in Austin back in the day that um, people paid rent to stay in the most ridiculous situations. Like one guy, he it was I think thirty five bucks a month to sleep on the porch. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. there was another guy who paid twenty dollars a month to sleep in the car that was parked in the you know yard that had no wheels. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, yeah. God damn, I love <laughs> I love a good punk house. We yeah. used to sleep in a lot of floors back in the day. Um, yeah, that any yeah. band has to, I suppose. But uh, yeah, is there was there a point where you were like, we just can't do this anymore, y'all? Or were like, yeah, was there like any horror stories from just <laughs> uh, no. some horrible houses? Well, I've stayed in obviously a lot of horrible, crazy places, especially in the '90s when the like the squat scene in Europe was so uh, strong. Uh-huh. Just sleeping in <laughs> squalor sometimes, but uh, yeah, and lots of like people's kitchen, everything, kitchen floors, everything. But I think it was maybe more like I don't think I ever would have thought of going to hotels if Chris and George didn't. You know, I think they're just like they're three years older than me maybe mm. like a couple months more mature so they like <laughs> <laughs> like uh well yeah they said let's go to hotels i remember thinking oh that seems like uh it's gonna start costing a lot of money you know but uh that's about it like i didn't george was kind of uh like he still does all the booking and all the organizing so i was just kind of going with the flow just uh okay yeah. want to stay in a hotel stay in a hotel sure whatever <laughs> and i think for a while it was like you know, like three three of us in one room, and then uh, on that Empire's tour, we started getting our sound guy Barney, and then it was him and him in another room, us three in one room because he snores like crazy, and then, <laughs> then we started like adding a few more people. So now it's it's usually two of us in a room, two of two other guys in another room, and then the crew in whatever room they're in. Yeah, that's great. What um, speaking of European squats and everything did you ever play uh christiania or do you still play there i didn't uh, play there but i went there yeah it was uh oh man it was uh like we played some other place in the same so we went to look at it i've been there twice it was kind of a lot different in the 90s than it was last time i went so really how so i was just like almost uh just like uh i can't even remember now it's just just like a little bit more like regular neighborhoodish than it used to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For people that don't know, uh, Christiania is, uh, it's an old military compound that's located within Copenhagen, but it, it it's technically a squat because I think squatters have been there for all, I, almost a hundred years or something oh, like wow. that. Right. Okay. A very, very long time. And, uh, they've obtained squatters rights and, uh, they don't recognize the European union. And, um, yeah, it's just, pretty it, it, it can kind of go one way or the other but it's pretty much now it's like an open-air drug market yeah and uh there's there's only two rules no running and no taking photos and so oh, really? as oh. soon as you go in there yeah it's just kind of like it's just a little free zone they, they do have some uh venues uh little cafes and things it is kind of like a little neighborhood yeah um, 
But but uh, yeah, there's just like oh, people just selling hash and weed at tables. I'm sure you can get anything else you yeah, want. Yeah, I remember but, that. Uh, you can um, you can always because at first walking around the area before entering Christiania, I'd always see, you know, like like 20 people in line at the ATM. I'd be like, "What the hell's going on <laughs> here, man?" Then I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know where y'all are going." <laughs> yeah, for some reason I have uh, like not a very clear memory of being there, even though I have been a couple of times. I just you know how you just remember these little snippets uh-huh. but the first time yeah i think uh like they have big shows there like rage against the machine i think was playing there the they fir- did yeah, yeah the whole the 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 riot police got called in and everything oh, right. and the okay. whole whole crowd got tear gassed oh wow because uh, uh that was least, that was right after time. the i spy show like in in copenhagen because oh, i remember seeing the poster like that show is coming up thinking uh-huh. that's a pretty big show for this place yeah it's a crazy um part of town because like so much of the city's culture and and everything sort of hinges upon it that um and it, every two years uh whenever everything's up for election re-election or whatever uh it gets used as like a political pawn okay. of like you know one party saying we're going to shut it all down and then another party saying no we're going to keep it open so the uh, christiani will actually shut themselves down during that time just to show the city what it would be like if they weren't there oh and uh, so I've, I've walked through there before where i've just noticed that every door is shuttered and i was like where are all the people and they're like oh yeah we're closing down for right now i was like oh like i'm not going to be back here for a year at least, oh, you know. Okay, damn yeah. it. Oh, wow. But uh, and so yeah. The, it's, so to the people, the city's worse with it closed down. That's the the consensus of the public. Yeah, oh, wow. that, oh. that it's just not as it's such a special place, and it really is. There's hardly any yeah. other place in the world like that yeah. um, that I've seen anyway. But uh, it's, Copenhagen's one of my favorite cities. I yeah, just, it's I love, cool. Yeah, love touring Europe. I hope to make it back one day. We will see. Yeah, unless this is but, a memory I made up because I wanted it to be true. <laughs> I think I think the first I Spy uh, show played a place that uh, like Merciful Fate played, and I was so stoked about that. But no, <laughs> you know, over time it's like, oh, I hope that was true. <laughs> I got you after thousands of shows. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it all blends together. Uh, it does for me. I I, re- I have a really I guess I got I got started playing music when I was so young. I was still very impressionable that like up until a certain point, I have a very sharp memory about what happened. But then after that point, yeah, it's a jumble. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember like the crew changed so much or this or that. I'll be telling a story and be like, were you even there? I don't even remember yeah, yeah. anymore. But um, it's that's fun. Um, uh, I've I've loved y'all's music forever, and learning trying to learn to play your songs though is so difficult. Uh, y'all are I mean you get you get the punk label obviously or, or even hardcore but um y'all are just, i mean you're i think you're on the prog side of things because like a lot of like the guitar parts i would have such a hard time picking out by ear and then i would see you play and they're like oh chris has a capo oh yeah like yeah. on the second fret for that so that's why i can't yeah, figure out yeah. like all these crazy open uh, you know uh, parts he's playing and everything um uh what what would you say your music is i mean like it's just, it's it's kind of been all over the place at this point uh yeah. Over the years, yeah, but uh, I guess I, I guess it's you know like the like I guess maybe it's always been that way, but like people divide metal and punk so much, or but uh-huh. but I guess when we got into it, it was like the accused COC, like like old COC when they're crossover, yeah, yeah, DRI, yeah. Deglo, like how SNFU, like Bad Brains, like all the bands were like fast and medley punk, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think we just kind of st- stayed that path, really, almost, almost like may like maybe in the early '90s, like the uh, Fat Records influence got, you know, their 
propaganda sounds going that way a little bit but i think like like from the point i'm in till whenever it's mostly just like a continuation of what we've always loved is just metal and punk mix with uh like throwing in other things that we hear that we like usually something sad or whatever but and then there's like a little bit of a tinge like the old like doughboys and stuff like canadian kind of punk bands that Uh like the nils the doughboys no means no like all the bands that like (laughs) not la or new york bands but like like the kind of bands from where we were actually from beyond uh-huh. beyond possession that kind of thing so i'm so glad you brought up no means no they're one of my favorite bands ever and like number one i don't i don't know they might be making sort of a, a comeback with like the the internet kind of making music more widely available to people but i'm still shocked that like they're not more revered than they are they yeah. i mean especially live they were one of the most intense live groups ever and um i i don't know why there's not a documentary about them or something there is between sex mad up through wrong there is one yeah i was gonna it's a it's a documentary about vancouver uh vancouver bands and i was gonna Mm -hmm. watch it last night but i ran out of time and i had it on my computer ready to watch but then i closed the tab to do this interview so i haven't seen it yet (laughs) and i can't remember what it's called but it exists if you just type like punk victoria music vancouver punk documentary yeah, yeah something like that yeah they were um they're just so intense uh fuck i love that man wrong anybody that wants uh, some new music in their life go check out their records like sex mad or wrong yeah or uh what's the uh mr happy yeah. something uh, i can't remember exactly but god they were just incredible yeah. one of those bands that like is they get lumped in that punk yeah category but they were I don't know. I think they were more on like the Melvin side of things, just like weird, just crazy, intense, hardcore music. Um, yeah, they, they uh, that shit. they're way more revered in Europe, you know, and uh, like they played, uh, my favorite show I saw them was like, no means no. And have you ever heard of the X? They're from Holland, but no, they're no. kind of really big and experimental band. And the X was huge in like, I think the squad scene and, they played everywhere they could. They even went to Ethiopia and stuff. And I wow, yeah. So they played with No Means No in Regina yeah, in the eighties, and like I thought the X was awesome. But then when No Means No came on, I was like, oh, this is so amazing. If I could pick any band <laughs> to be in, it might be them. I was yeah. a big Wipers fan too. Okay. I just I like really melodic shit. Uh, but also just, I like really, really abrasive music, yeah. uh, too. Yeah. And the no means no, just, they hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. Um, God, one of my favorites. And also it was just finding out about them through a uh, mail order was really, that was a huge part of, uh, why I got into punk and stuff in the nineties, sort of before the internet be- made everything really accessible, everything. There was nothing better than, um, sending a check off or whatever to a money order to a label and just getting yeah you know i mean for, for the money too you know like a, a lot of records that you could get from punk labels were so much cheaper yeah. than like a cd in a store yeah. or anything like that and most of the time the labels would throw in an extra seven inch or a handful of patches or buttons or stickers or whatever like that it just it, it was really much more of like a personal thing and I, I think that's what really made me fall in love with punk rock and yeah, um, yeah and, and it was like seven bucks yeah seven bucks usually per record or something yeah totally or <laughs> 10 at the most you know yeah. and um like I said, when I pre-ordered Empires and I got it in the mail a week before its release and everything like that, like yeah. it's little things like that that just made me feel so special. Like growing up in like a really horrible small town in Texas, uh, yeah. just it made life a lot better. Yeah, for sure, a lot, lot better. 
Um, but uh, eventually, I guess um, I wanted to talk about whenever you added uh, Beef as yeah, yeah. the second guitar player. Was that sort of out of necessity, or, or was it a thing where like just the songs you were writing sort of got to the point where you needed another guitar player, or is maybe Chris like just trying to sing more and 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 have a sort of an auxiliary guitar player to do some of the heavy lifting, or was it just like one of those things where you, yeah, y'all just got like writing crazier material and needed another guitar player? I think it was kind of like all those things. And Beaver played in this band, Giant Sons, that was really good, and like uh, like mostly it was just kind of a a friend. And then, like a friend who we, I think, thought could add some like texture and depth to like to the songs, and mm-hmm. uh, which I think that's what he did pretty much. Yeah, what was uh, was uh, uh, supporting cast the first one he played on? Yeah, supporting cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I just love that first song that just comes in and just. Punch you <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. face. That was such a uh, such a turning point for y'all, uh, and uh, and then on into to failed states, uh, which I think might be my favorite record from y'all. Um, just from beginning to end, it's just fucking brutal, man. It's so metal. It almost has like um, I'm not a big fan of comparing bands to other bands, but if you took Chris's vocals out and just put some Jeff Tate in there, it's got some mad <laughs> track vibes. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's a uh, God, it's so unique for a band. Y'all are just such a uh, yeah, a unique band. There's not really a band that sounds like uh, Propagandi uh, or even has like the the ethos behind it all. Uh, I just have so much respect for y'all. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I like Seriously. I like Queen's <laughs> I saw that that was that was actually the last concert I saw before uh, the world shut down okay, was yeah. Queen's Queen's Reich with Latour. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah. um, I I I, th- I don't think Michael Wilton's in the band anymore. Um, or uh, Chris, I, I'm sorry, I don't think Chris DeGarmo's in the band anymore. No, I, think I don't it's just think Michael so. Wilton and uh, bass player, or is he Michael? I Wilton? think it's the is, no, Rock and it's, Field. Uh, Rock. Eddie Jackson. Rock and Field's a drummer, right? Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, think he's Scott gone Rock now too. Yeah. So is it just uh, just Michael Wilton? No, and, there's two of friends? them. Two of them. Maybe the other oh, okay. guy. All right, right. I can't remember. But it was sick. I don't care as long as they play Jet City Woman. I'm yeah. good. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I saw them with. Jeff Tate once though, and his singing was spectacular, man. Like live. Was it, uh, what what era? Uh, not too long ago. Was uh, it when they had the weird like the cabaret show on tour with them? Uh, I, I don't know, but they played all of uh, Operation Mindcrime and then other songs after it. So, yeah, so I sick. guess uh, like a cabaret. I, I guess I don't know what cabaret is mainly but they did I, I have some remember, kind of an act or like set and stuff I, I just remember that one tour they did they had like a, a cast of like burlesque dancers and oh no the, no like ringleaders and stuff that would come out and do all kind of like theatrics yeah no that <laughs> wasn't that no. it was like a greatest hits tour yeah uh, I wish I could have caught that one but that would have been interesting yeah. but yeah then, then then watching all the drama with them after yeah punch that the guy, punched was the guy like, or spit in his face or something on stage or pulled a knife on him or something oh. <laughs> I don't know it was like the whole yeah. the whole drama was ridiculous yeah. and uh yeah watching it unfold on heavy metal websites was I, I hate to admit it. It was really entertaining. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, George saw them on the uh, on the tour for their first record. Good lord, the, the Queen of the Reich one, like the the first. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Good lord. Yeah, they were opening for ACDC, I guess. If you wow, uh, if you look on the uh, there's the Propaganda record. Uh, I just looked at it last night. That's why I was kind of fresh in my mind. Is uh, 
on the quantities job one propaganda seven inch. Uh -huh. There's a letter. Yeah. There's a letter from Jord to Chris that they wrote like before they were even friends, really, but they're just getting to know each other, like writing to each other. And uh, yeah, George says, I just uh, went and saw ACDC in Queensryche. ACDC was awesome, but Queensryche sucked the bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Man. I've got that seven inch. It's like a double seven inch, right? Like yeah, one yeah. like yellow and yellow and brown vinyl. Yeah. Uh, yeah I need to go dig that out. Yeah, I've got the CD fun. too with, with like the Venom covers and things like that too. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's a good time. That was before you though, right? Uh, that, I, w I was in the band, but their songs that are from before the band. So I was okay. in the band when it came out, but not uh, like not on the songs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we were, yeah, we were in, yeah, Chris said, does he, he does a cover of uh, that Venom stand up and be counted maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. That's awesome. Love that shit. Uh, yeah. But, but what's next though? I mean, any, any plans to, to make another record and during this, uh, now, now precedented time. Uh, it's, it's no longer unprecedented. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, we're just. I got lots of riffs on the go. I just keep putting them on the uh, voice, whatever we're on here, voice app, and then uh, <laughs> I have so many, and then I transfer them to my computer where I won't don't forget them. Write down the riffs, and yeah. I'm just trying to put a. Uh, for me, the hard part's the words. It's not the riffs. Uh, really? So I have a zillion riffs and then yeah. uh, like it's so hard to take a idea and make an actual good song, you know, that I, that's mm -hmm. the hard part. It's like I can riff, but the next step is like, Oh man, to put these words, cause you don't want them to be corny words and you don't, you know, mm -hmm. like for our, like we don't have the kind of thing where we can like, just go sing about satan or which i i would like that'd be easy and nice because i think about satan all the time <laughs> but you know uh, you know As what i mean like we, we can't you know? <laughs> like we can't default to like a fantasy story or satanic like uh it's it's just difficult because you also like you can't sit there like like it's like I have no interest in like pulling headlines off the news and, you know, trying to make songs about that. Yeah. So, and, and also like everything, like in these days, everything goes so fast that like, okay, you pull a, yeah, an idea pretty soon, 10,000, uh, the same, uh, like, uh, like if you were to have a thought about something about politics, like, it's just so over, saturated when people can hear yeah. you know like every click of every button is someone's new opinion about this something you know it's very hard to find your own thought that has something to do with you not just the outside context of like oh trump is orange and you know he sucks and you know this yeah. is bad like everyone knows it you know everyone who's not a complete imbecile so <laughs> it's I, I found myself in denial for like Quite a while after he won, I was like, "There's, there's no way this is real. This can't yeah. be. That, I'm just not. I'm not paying attention to this. It was, that sucked." Um, but I could, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not political at all in my own material, I guess. But the, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean though about like finding the story that you want to tell. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, within a political landscape that's constantly changing so fast that you can't even keep up with it, like that's got to, Yeah. I, 
Yeah. I can see definitely see the challenge there. Yeah, like even if you look at the uh like we actually just remixed and remastered the new uh, or today's empires uh to get back to the original sounds. And it sounds so awesome now. Like, God, yeah, it like does. it's I love that record. I like, can't wait to hear that. Yeah, it's so much better. Like none of us listen to the old version ever. But when Jason from uh, Blasting Room started handing us back the new versions, we were like, okay, this is rock, and this record's way better than we thought it was. And uh, like drum, George drums just sound like just cracking and awesome. Like it, I think it's just so much better. But I guess the uh, reason why I said it is we're redoing the booklet, like to put photos uh -huh. and whatever, change it. And some of the quotes in Empires are kind of odd now, like because times have changed so much. Like there's uh, something about the the boorish expression of the like the population, uh, like affecting governments, you know. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it, like I think the initial idea was like like the general people will be like the expression won't be just complete imbecility, you know, like a boorish expression of total imbecility, like. Yeah, you know, so we were just like this quote in context of today. It's just like, oh fuck, let's just get rid of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That record is so brutal when it came out because, like, I guess when John was in the band, like it had there were some pop elements too, and like you said, like it had that sort of like early or uh, late kind of mid '90s Fat Records influence um, and stuff. But I remember the first time I put on uh, Empires. And it just like just an immediate just kick in the gut. Oh, right on. Yeah. And um and it was also like punk, especially in the nineties, uh or, or all music I guess really in the nineties kinda had like the I the mentality that like it's it's cool to like not or it's it's not cool to play guitar solos, it's not right, cool to right. be really good at your instrument, and that really did me a, a big disservice. It took me I was I kinda had a a little bit of a hump to get over about being like, no, this is actually, I love playing guitar solos, but there was a handful of punk bands that just like didn't care yeah. and would just blaze riffs and solos and stuff like that. Y'all were one of them, uh, strung out. They were super tech. Yeah. And, um, uh, there's, there's a couple more, but, uh, there were just, uh, I always, um, looked up to y'all for that because it was just like, see, it is good. You can totally throw like a just ass tearing guitar solo in yeah, the song yeah. <laughs> and it makes it better. Yeah. Uh, I found, uh, like for me now, when I think of the '90s, it's like the worst era of music humanly imaginable. Mm -hmm. Like of all, like you can listen to almost any style of music in the '90s, and it's just like, whoa, that's terrible. That's terrible. All the metal yeah. was terrible. All the punk was uh -huh. terrible. It's just like, holy Christ! Uh -huh. Like good bands yeah. were like death, and you know, like like there's like a handful of bands that were still interesting, and I think we were just like. We were trying to forge this little path, like, oh, please, like, we, there still must be something we want to list, like, you know, I just, right, like, whether you reached, yeah, I was gonna say, you reached me, man, because, like, it was, uh, once I've, I was tired of music, too, it was weird, like, ska punk was huge, but it was obviously, like, just every, <laughs> every label was, like, trying to throw their ska band in the hat, yeah. uh, it, it was, uh, it was, it wasn't until somebody handed me a, a, a Converge CD. Okay. Yeah. And I heard that and I was like, Oh shit, there's bands like this. And they just get in vans and drive around the world and just play <laughs> yeah. shows. And you don't have to be on MTV and you don't have to be on the radio. Yeah, and any of that. Nice just, I was like, Oh, whoa. It op totally like blew my world open. Yeah. I think, uh, one thing that, uh, in, uh, empires, you ever heard of the metal band fates warning? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I was really into Fate's Warning, and I, <laughs> in the '90s, there were one band I thought they, I found what they were doing was really interesting, and I just kept mentioning it to Chris and Jord. Like I'd send Jord, like, "Fuck, check this drumming out," and you know. So I think it really influenced, like, our take. And I think bands like No Means No, like, we just always reference them in Voivod. Like, we want to mm-hmm. be, we want to be yeah. like No No Means No and Voivod and. Uh, you know, like we want to try to play our best. Like, I don't think, like I saw a, a quote not too long ago. I won't even mention who, who uh, said it, but it says punk is good music played by bad musicians. But I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's so far off. Like, good, yeah, like totally. bad musicians, unless you're one of the uh, top percent is going to be bad and uninteresting, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, unless something about you is so unique that it can overcome the bad musicianship, you're done. Like, I, I was yeah. taking a, this uh, drawing and painting class for this guy who's taught, like, all these people all over the world. Like, it's online. And the guy's saying, yeah, you can think you're special and think that you're very talented and don't have to do the work and it's going to happen for you. But he said he's taught for 40 years and he's only seen two or three people like that in 40 years. So he's like, Mm -hmm. unless you, for some reason, you think you're one of these two or three that don't have to do that, you have to just get down to it. You know, I kind of feel the same about like punk, like there's this idea, "Ah, bad music or good music played by bad players. But no, how come you have to like, okay, maybe the Crucifix were good even though they were terrible at playing you know <laughs> and, and uh, like a handful of others and then there's a few people on the cusp of like like let's say someone like minor threat or something who heard bad brains who actually were really good players and yeah. then they came along and just like this for one year this youthful energy came out of nowhere and you know mm-hmm. like even though they weren't the best it was still passable but even to those people after the first year, like they didn't know what to do anymore, you know, and then, uh-huh. and then they broke up. So like, unless, unless you think something special is going to happen with yourself in this little <laughs> spark of time and you're, and you're going <laughs> to milk that spark for 30 years, like you have to do something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Seriously. Well, man, I, I really appreciate you sitting down and taking the time to, to, to talk with us. I just, um, it's, it's, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, is there anything, too, uh, is, is, I know you, it's the 20th anniversary of today's Empire's Tomorrow's Ashes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we should play a song off that. I don't know. Yeah, unless sure. you have anything uh, new kicking around you want to throw down. Sure. Let's play, uh, uh, with friends like these who the fuck needs Cointo. Needs yeah. Cointo Pro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one of my yeah. That one, uh, yes. that's the most noticeably better one on the new version than the old version. So I can't just wait. Just because the drums are just, yeah, they just sound like here they're kind of smeary on this old version and just kind of like i wouldn't say powerless but getting towards powerless and when we yeah. stripped it down and just heard the real drums you're like no jord cracked that out and <laughs> we're gonna hear it now so it's kind of cool that's all the technology's come a long way you know <laughs> yeah for sure yeah as almost we were using uh, i wouldn't say too much technology but like this is almost more natural and it's just like heavier Cool, man. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, man. thanks, Kyle. I'll uh, I'll go listen to the sword again while I'm drawing here now. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. much for tuning into the highway this week a big shout out to reverend guitars railhammer pickups and earthquaker devices if you liked what you heard you can follow where you can follow subscribe where you can subscribe and if you want to go one step further you can support us on patreon at the highway with kyle shut for a few bucks a month you can help us keep this party going get early access to next week's episode and even get yourself a shout out <laughs>